The name of the pod was our last, best hope for peace. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind, the year the Great War came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2259. The name of the pod is Babylon 5. Episode 27, A Distant Star, in which Captain Sheridan questions his fitness for his new position, a daring rescue attempt is made, and Dr. Franklin makes a lot of friends by putting everyone on a diet. Welcome to The Name of the Pod. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host. Chris Tatro. How are you doing today, John? Chris, I, you know, I feel sorry for the poor listeners who had to listen to me struggle through the, uh, through the, uh, 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 the death plague that, uh, that gripped me for weeks and weeks on end. I feel like pretty- I'm myself. It was pretty terrible. You sound much better now. I'll spend several hours, uh, several fewer hours editing this episode than I have the, the previous ones. Um, but yeah, yeah, right, uh, right. That was yeah. It's um, it was pretty grim for a while. It was touch and go. Yeah, I was uh, I, I, I was virtually lost in hyperspace, and uh, you yes. know, thankfully, thankfully, someone sent a a, a crew of of. Uh, the Zeta Squadron out to uh, a, a chain, <coughs> out of, to get a chain of Star Furies with with some uh, t- with Theraflu. Yeah, that's to, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, to deliver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God bless it. This was uh, brutal. Well, uh, I'm glad. Now that I'm glad you're on the mend. Yeah, on the mend and uh, and ready to talk about um, a distant star. Uh, mm. You know, and 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 an episode right here in the in the middle of the beginning of season two. You and I in our um, in our pre-show, we're sort of speculating, you know, have we have we once again kind of run aground in the Sargasso Sea here, right? That we've had really rich content, and yeah. now we're kind of noodling a little bit, it seems like. What do you think? I, I agree, and I feel like this is this is the curse of the of the mandated twenty two, three, four episode yeah. television American television season. Um, of the 90s and 2000s, you know, I, th- I think we're starting to break out of that now, and I think that the shows that are that are on television today here in the U.S. that are that are breaking that pattern are much better for it. I mean, you think of of shows like The Good Place, which is right. run two 10 episode seasons, um, or The Expanse, which is what like 13 or 14 episodes in each season. Yeah, um, you know, they're they're tight. They they deliver the Marvel stuff is is yep. you know ten or, or twelve episodes and even that in some cases has felt super padded. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I yeah I, I I think it's part it was part of the it was part of how networks did things in the nineties and you know they need to they need to push things out and fill things out. Uh, we'll note this isn't this episode wasn't written by by Straczynski. This is not a JMS episode, right? Right. Um, right. You know, so he's got. Although this is DC Fontana, right? And, and for you know, shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, we, but I guess we, he, even Shakespeare had a had a dog once in a while. You know, but, <laughs> you know, for some, you know, look, this is I believe DC Fontana's third B five yeah. episode, and we have not. We have not loved her. We we love her, but we have not loved her. You know, he, look at, at the end of the day, this isn't a bad yeah. episode. It's, no, it's just that no. there's not a lot of 
there's not a lot of advancement of the mythology um right. and and the the b plot is a little silly yes right? very silly yeah um, I, that that's where I reserve most of my my scorn for this episode is that is the B plot, you know, where, you know, Garibaldi's on a diet. Next week we'll find he hates Mondays and likes lasagna. Right. You know, it's 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 just it's terrible. <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, and it, the it, whole scene with them switching their plates. <sighs> right. You know, it, it's it's another example, and we've we've talked about this many, many times of the the a plot and the b plot being so dis so completely disconnected yeah they don't um, they don't mesh and, and you don't i mean so you don't want them to be too on the nose and too close together I, you know i say this with all my experience as a television writer you know what, right. what do i know but it feels like you don't want them to be so close that they're that it's it's obvious to even the most dim-witted viewer of what point is being hammered home but at the right. same time you know, if you've got these these tonal differences, right? You know, it just doesn't it just doesn't work. Yeah, you know, we 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 don't need established that Sheridan gets along with his crewmates, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that they did that good work in the previous three episodes. Yeah, right. That's that's done, and we kind of don't even need this this active campaign of softening Stephen Franklin. Because they've no, kind of done that too. He's also been been sort of more naturally uh, softened, as yeah, as you say, yeah. right. And and I don't think that this particular B plot helps us to helps us to see how Commander uh, Captain Sheridan is wrestling with the fact that he's essentially a planetary governor rather than. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, r- rather than being the the captain of one of these badass explorer ships, because let's face it, these explorer right. ships are pretty badass. They are, they are, and it's a different it's a different set of responsibilities. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot less of the diplomacy and the paperwork and stuff that he complains about drowning in. Right. Um, you know, and 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 he does have this concern of whether he's whether he's well suited for it, but. But even that concern feels like it kind of comes out of left field yeah. because he's, well, you know, I say that and, you know, last time when there was a diplomatic issue that needed resolving, he had complete faith in Ivanova that she was going to be able to take care of it. Yeah, right. And maybe he was just dodging it. Maybe. You know? Maybe. I don't um, know. Yeah. Um, but, but it seemed from the previous episodes like he's, you know, he's settling in here just fine and now all of a sudden he's... You know, he's, you know, complaining about this and that. Right. I, well, and, 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 and look, let's, let's face it. The job of being, uh, it, I mean, essentially a planetary governor of, a, of, a, the com- of commanding a star base, mm-hmm. it's not as sexy. It's just, it's just not. Um, it's not no. as sexy to film. It, it's clearly not as, I mean, the duties are, they're just not as, you know, they're not as sexy. That's why inevitably these captains all get their own little spaceships to run around in. Yeah, but I would, uh, well, differences between reality and, and cinematic, you know, starship captain stuff. But I would imagine that 90% of the time, 
a a ship captain you know picard was filling out requisition forms and uh, yeah right and and hr you know evaluations and things like that and and 10 percent of the time was having exciting away missions and and things you know of of that sort right yeah Uh, we have yeah there's there there there's definitely a level of administrative bureaucracy that that any kind of of you know higher echelon military officer has to has to do yep that's but, true but that's i suppose true. you know when you've when you've got a moving base of operations and there's a lot to discover and to see and oh there's new stuff around everywhere um it's very different from being parked over a planet yeah yeah you, you get much more opportunity one 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 could one is led to conclude to buckle one swash uh yes when 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 you have a when you have a ship rather than a, a mm. stationary space station um yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, my, I think he's just not looking closely enough. There's plenty of opportunities, you know, but they're just within the station. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for that for sure. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, one of my one of my takeaways from from this was, uh, you know, I, I I don't know that this is a note that they particularly want to hit. Uh, in two respects, one, I think we want to be firmly on his side, and when someone. Has given has been given a position of great responsibility and authority, and they seem to be a little unhappy about that. That can read a bit as petulant. Yeah, right? that that and, was the tone I got. Yeah, and that's not what you want. And two, uh, it was just a little too close to you know you want to be out there hopping galaxies, you know Star <laughs> Trek two, you know Bones's speech to uh, you know to mm-hmm. Kirk. You know, go back and get get back your command before it really is too late. Before you really have grown old. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think either of those notes are, are are what I would want to set, and I think both of them might have been set. Yeah, I think it, the episode does a fairly good job of resolving toward the end and and taking Sheridan totally. out of that mindset. Totally. totally. You know, he's he's got his his sense of adventure. He's got his crew who relies on him. It sort of changes his perspective from being sort of uh, being more of an external than to an internal focus. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but but those are but those are the points that come across. Yeah, it, it definitely felt felt petulant and um, anytime you do something in this show that's going to draw comparisons to the competition is you yeah know, you want not to do that it seems to me you prefer not to do that yeah. yeah now one way in which we get some real contrast between this program and the competition is uh how beautiful that cortez starship design is you know i liked it a lot i'm yeah i've, I've always been more of a fan of I guess you'd call it sort of more clunky functional technology in my sci-fi than sleek, smooth, you know, Apple genius bar looking (laughs) kind of uh, lens flare style. You Uh, must hate the Orville. I I do not watch the Orville. But you must hate the way it looks. I meant the the Orville, the ship. You haven't seen it. I have no knowledge of it. Okay, well, we'll leave it. I'm not interested in... Looking at any of any of the products delivered by that man. Oh, you and me both. Let's not even go there. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not watching that program either. But that ship looks like like the exact opposite of what you're looking for. Is is it is it 
sort of the the Ford Taurus on uh, on steroids. Yeah, right, you know, right. You get the you know when when the Excelsior when Star Trek three was it three yeah three yeah, Star Trek came 3. out and. And and there was the Excelsior, and it was at the same time that the Taurus came out, and everything was going from boxy to nice and smooth and ang- you know, right, night rounded, and I was, ugh, it was, it was just the end of things. But the Cortez, you know, it looks a lot like, um, uh, I think it looked a lot like the uh, the Discovery from from two thousand one. Precisely, um, you've got a lot of, you know, of long uh, like girders connecting the sections. Yep. You, your your engine section where where probably your hot and and very lethal reactors are yeah are yeah way the heck away from where anybody is going to be yeah. you know sitting did did you did you catch the reference shot that thing looks virtually as long as Babylon five I you know I wanted to go back and. And see if they ever show them in the same shot together. They do. But they do. They do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and and Cortez is unbelievably long. Well, they make a a, a big point of that. This you, know, you you may only see you know one or two of these in your lifetime. Yeah, these explorer right. class ships that right. they're that they're magnificent and they're really out there on the edges and. Uh, um, and they're really just really something to behold, and you know, some, something to 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 inspire awe in people who command you know military ships and are on like the biggest space station imaginable. That that's got to be something. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I I I I'm totally with you. I was struck um, the moment it came out of the jump gate. Oh, mm-hmm. this is what. This is what discovery would look like iterated mm-hmm. like six times, right? Yeah. And 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 the CGI looks so much better. Totally. I think we may have said already, but the, between this and and the Narn ships that we saw a couple episodes ago, yeah. um you're getting getting cut down by the shadow, you know, knife lasers. Yeah. Um, it's I you know I think it's looking good. It doesn't have that kind of you know clunky built on a Commodore sixty four kind yeah. of feel that we had in season one. So right. somebody's pouring more money into into the the graphics department and you know, the technology's coming along ninety four ninety five ninety six. Right. You know, and if if you go to the you know if you go to the Lurker's Guide to Babylon five on on the web, which you always should do because it's such a mm-hmm. great resource. You look at the end of, of each episode's notes and there'll be commentary from JMS from old Usenet boards or, you know, mm-hmm. other proto, proto online communities. And he's regularly talking about the fact that what they're imagining is simply not technically feasible yet. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very close but they mm-hmm. can't quite get it because they just don't. The technology simply doesn't exist. Right. Um, but, but, look at how fast it improves. Oh sure. Right. Dramatic it's, difference yeah. between season one and two, and we're not even done yeah. with season two. We're still in early yeah. days. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I like the fact that in Babylon Five, the starships. Each that that each uh, each nation's fleets have a kind of aesthetic integrity, right? Definitely. Like I always found 
the the workaround on the original Star Trek series where they simply did not have enough money to make another Romulan bird of uh, another Romulan bird of prey mm-hmm. from like they had in season one. So they took the Klingon ships and said, well, they're now using Klingon designs. Total failure on my part, right? Very unsatisfying to, right. a, to a ship nerd like me. Right, right. And, and, and now you've got these sort of Klingon ships that are frankly Romulan. And mm-hmm. Romulan ships that, that don't, yeah, it just, it, it doesn't hold together. But in B5, right. the universes really do hold together, right? Mm-hmm. You know, of course... All of these ships, the Agamemnon and Ron Canada's uh, battle, uh, you know, command cruiser from the Hyperion, uh, the Hyperion. Thank you. Couldn't remember that name. And Cortez are all clearly designed by the same, you know, kind of way of thinking about space and technology. So, yeah, very long, very kind of long and and narrow design. Yes. Um, Phallic. Maybe, Maybe. Uh, yeah. but it's it's very different from what you see from the Mimbari, you know, who have you know it looks almost like a, a you know goldfish or a, a not a goldfish but like a, a beta fish. Like um, yeah, right, right. You know, I, I've never I've never loved the Mimbari designs. They they seem yeah they seem a little top heavy. Like I'm always expecting yeah. them to fall over on themselves. I know it's zero gravity they're, and everything. They're, but. they're very alien. Yeah, they're very. You know, alien. I guess that that works. Um, yeah. you know the 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 Narn designs are, you know, are great. You know, you know they. You, you, I don't remember what Centauri ships look like. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, mm. you, you're uh, and we know what Vorlon and uh, you oh, know sure. and Drazi and all mm. these kind of the lesser yeah. races. You know, mm. I think that you and I. Uh, I'm just going to drop this into, uh, you know, in, in into our running conversation, but you might mm. want to. Uh, you know, you might want to edit it out. I don't know. I think one of the things, one of the ways in which this program has been especially influential is in uh, tabletop game design. In okay. Star- in, in, uh, there are some games that maybe you and I should talk about um, where there are all sorts of um, starship models that clearly mm-hmm. are resonating from Babylon 5's initial design sense so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Let, let, let's let's save it for 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 another time but definitely yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give that some thought i'm actually this w- coming weekend going to be doing a demo of a game called drop fleet commander mm-hmm. which has some i mean there's definite callbacks to babylon 5 design the earth ships in that look a lot like earth ships yeah and and there are bio ships and and <laughs> A lot of the stuff from the 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 full thrust game that we yes. played a lot back in, in yes. grad school, um, miniature starship combat game, uh, those were very very B five influenced. I would yeah, say yeah, clearly, so. clearly. So that might we, be a, that might be a a, a segment yeah. that we that we want to yeah. hit down the road. Um, yeah, I'll do a report back on this uh, on this drop fleet commander thing and, and let you know what I find. Cool. Um, I, I, I think that we've hit the the, the main the main notes. Uh, I mean, if you, you you look at hyperspace, yeah. you look at you look at um, at the rescue operation that Captain Sheridan or orchestrated. Yeah. You know. Now, now we should mention this is the first time we get really any kind of presence from from this Lieutenant Keffer person. Yes. Right. Um, whom 
we've we've seen in like the scenes in uh in the 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 officer's lounge yes and, or hanging around with other pilots you know watching things happen on yes. on displays he's kind of been there since the start of this season you know just kind of a, a, appeared on the scene you know he's clearly buddying with Sheridan and you know so maybe he came along from the Agamemnon or something but we don't really get any back stuff on him and honestly I remember nothing about this guy yeah, from the series yeah I, I, I remember wondering why he's there and what my takeaways are so we're going to have to leave that mm. as a kind of through line question right my my guess, and we'll see if this this bears out, is yep. that Sinclair was their hotshot pilot character. And, uh-huh. and now they and need now a new that one. He's gone. They need a. They need somebody. They need a. a they need a, a a player character to be, you know, when they when they send out the send out the fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and they. I don't know why they shied away from from giving Ivanova that role because she did that some in season one. But, uh, but yeah, they, so they've brought this, this guy in and will, you know, even though this is the first time, you know, he's lost, he sends back the transmissions, he, he has some clever, uh, you know, tactics for, for getting the Cortez out of its, out of its trouble. Um, and supposedly we care that he's lost in space somewhere. Everyone seems to be, everyone seems to really be broken up that he's lost, but, but nobody cares about the black guy. Yeah, right. You know, of course he's the first one to die. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know you went there, so I did. I so I'm, did. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go here. Uh, hmm. Should I should I be prepared to edit all of this? No, out? no, 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 no. Okay. What, huh? Given a choice, would I have named that ship the Cortez? Huh. You know, there was. Again, on the Lurker's Guide, yeah. JMS gets kind of defensive about that, yeah. um, which. The 90s were certainly a very different... In, in 2018, no. I don't think you would have named yeah, it the Cortez. Right, right. In 1994, very different mindsets. Um, you know, certainly uh, you know, most of your... A lot of your Star Trek fleets are, are named after, you know, like British naval ships and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, right, right. And, um, yeah. Yeah, an exploratory ship named Cortez... Mm. boy that feels yucky <laughs> that doesn't feel good in any way shape or form yeah but yeah, yeah. it could be worse yeah i guess Maybe. well you know look we've 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 talked about the ways in which this show is trying to do uh questions of race class ethnicity mm-hmm. you know differently right and it's trying mm-hmm. to be a little bit more bold in some respects than than uh than than star trek which yeah sometimes deserves a little credit but just as often deserves you know a slap on the wrist mm-hmm. and uh yeah i wasn't gonna go yeah. there but you you no, please, you, you opened the door hey. so i thought i'd i'd, I'd drive all, my uh, social justice bus through you know all doors are open on this show yeah um but again you know this is again this is 92 oh no, i'm sorry no, this is 95 4 95 um you know mid nineties, you know, we were living in Columbus, Ohio at the time. Yes. Um, you know, again, you want to talk about a name that probably wouldn't be, if you had to name a city in 2018, is it going to be Columbus? Yeah. It seems to have got, developed yeah. much more of a bad rap in the, uh, in the, the, the past 20, 20 or so years, you know, so societal consciousness of, of 
colonization, imperialization issues you know, catches up to things. But I remember moving to Columbus in 1992, the 500th anniversary, and there was no big like, like there was no big protest. There was no there was no discussion right. of Indigenous right. Peoples Day. There was none of this stuff then. Um, I right. you know, I I don't know. I don't know that we can throw too much blame at, at DC Fontana or JMS um, in 95 any more than we can, you know, necessarily blame other shows for being written in the times that they were written. Yeah, right. No, you're totally right. Um, which is why but it I was gonna... sure doesn't feel good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, you know, if, if you were, if, if you were doing it again, you, you probably would, you'd probably go in another direction. Yeah. An indication of where society's come in 25 years, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know. Speaking of if we did it again, we'd go in another direction. Yeah. We, we need to talk about Captain Jack Maynard. Yes. Th- this, this is ultimately... This is what we wanted. We've spent 25 point. minutes getting to the point we wanted to talk about. This <laughs> right. Day. Because, right. good Lord, you know, Captain Jacoby. Captain you know, Russ he's, he's, Tamblin. Russ He's sitting there Tamblin. with his cowboy boots up on the desk. You know, he, he doesn't have the red and blue colored glasses on. But he might but as he well. But he should have. Right? Yeah. This, this was not a commanding. Holy Mary, mother of God. Mentor figure that I really would have hoped who would have shaped Sheridan's life and career. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, maybe, maybe being directed by David Lynch did something to Russ Tamblin because I don't know his IMDb list prior to that looks, I mean, he seems pretty B movie king. Yeah. Right. Right. You know? That's so kind of my point is that kind of all over you know, the place. He's, yeah. I mean, he's a, you know, uh, you know, uh, he's he's definitely out there in you know alien galaxies from beyond space. You know, uh, I mean, he's definitely even without those glasses on. You know, the beard and the boots, and he's just kind of he just seems kind of like a, a, a maniacal. He's right? wacky. He's wacky. You know, he's, right. he's not this solid, dependable. You know, knows everything. Maybe being in in the far edges of space for so long, maybe maybe when they were casting, they were like, we want somebody who really reflects that when you're out there at the very edge, things get a little weird. Maybe. Maybe. That's that, the that, only bone right. I'm going to throw to Mary Jo Slater here. Right, because... right. He's the model of that kind of captain because he's a bit of a space alien. And Sheridan, yeah. who's like a straight up ramrod kind of you know, purpose and integrity kind of guy is not, yeah. is not an alien enough to get out there, but yeah. good, good grief. Right. Yeah. So, so his presence in this episode has caused John and I to think about what is the absolute biggest miscasting that you could do. Right. Let's uh, take a look at the cast of this program and do our best to miscast it as badly as, Captain Jacoby is miscast. Now, yes. it's just a bit of fun. And of this course, is, you know, on the Facebook group, every character will get his or her own thread for you yes. to share your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think I've got some in here that are pretty dead on and some that are like, <laughs> nah, that's not so good. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, now, yeah. and just to make sure we understand the rules here, yes. we're going, this is kind of a, an all time 
miscasting thing. It doesn't, these aren't, don't have to be people who were active in 1995, 1994. These are just, right? That's correct. Did I do my homework wrong? No, you did it right. Now, now, in in fairness, everyone who I picked is alive and could have been cast. Some of mine. But the ages are sometimes going to be off. Yeah, some of mine would have been too young. Well, you know what? I I have I have some backup choices, so I think I can make it work. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look. Okay. Good. We're, we're just having a little bit of fun. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. So, um, go. Do you? Should we start at the bottom? Bottom and work our way up. Start with the 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 lesser ambassadors, the 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 lieutenants. Did yeah. You, did yeah. You let's let's do. It. Okay. Here's who I cast. Ready. Go ahead. Sheridan Ivanova, Garibaldi, Franklin, and Winters, the five human characters. Yes. Okay. And then I cast Delenn and Lanier, Londo yep. and Veer, Jakar and Natoth. Yep. Okay. Okay. So and you Kosh. And Kosh. I cast Kosh. Okay. Sure. Oh. All right. I will cast Kosh. Okay. Okay. I shall I start? <laughs> shall I start with Kosh? I hope I hope this is at least amusing to the to the audience because we're certainly having a fine time with it. Uh, yeah, please cast Kosh. I just need to do a quick little little reference check here. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're both going to be have to, having to hop back and forth to IMDb because I'm terrible with recognizing who who people are. So as you okay. give names and all. Okay. Uh, now, please, my, please. My Kosh, I'm casting from the 1970s Gong Show. The unknown comic. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've gone in a very different direction with Kosh. Now I had to do this in three seconds. Okay. Yeah, so, sure. Yes. So you're, you're thinking, oh look, the invisible Kosh. I'm thinking, uh, uh, I'm thinking the encounter suit. Okay. Okay. And so I'm going to cast uh, Vincent from the black hole. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Terrific. Right. Just, I'll take it. It's stupid, but that's where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I now, like it. Are we going to yes. do the three lieutenants and then the let's three ambassadors? Li- let's do it that way. Yes. Okay. Linear. Linear. I. This actually might ha- might be better than I'm thinking, but I cast Peter Laurie. Oh, nice. I think yeah. he could have kind of like the. Or he might be better as Veer. I'm not sure. I had for Veer. I had Carrot Top, <laughs> but I might switch them. That's insane. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and Natoth, this one's really just for you, uh, Tracy Scoggins. Oh, not. But she comes. She's she's actually on this program. I know. Yes. I know. Yes. And I know your I know your love oh, of Tracy God, Scoggins. I can't stand Tracy Scoggins. Oh my God. Okay, um, let me hear yours. Okay. Uh, Lanier. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, where's my Bill Moomy analog, right? Mm-hmm. And um, John and I were... Oh. Okay. John and I are, are, are walking around today. And instantly, and I don't know what, Parker Stevenson. Frank okay, Hardy. Yes. Frank Hardy from yep, the yep. old Hardy Boys television program. Yep, I don't know why. Yep. I can just see him. Yeah. You know. For some reason, I thought you were going to go Eddie Munster. Oh, that's a good one. You know. Yeah. Bring bring the kid from the old show, you know, on onto the new one. But yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. a good one. Parker okay. Stevenson, I like that. Uh, yeah. Veer. 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 Um, Bert Ward. 
Oh. Right? Like totally oh, the like totally yeah. the wrong energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But it's like you could see him be yeah. cast, but but uh-huh. but the energy that he would bring is just so like Mm-hmm. It's just, it's much too enthusiastic, right? I don't know. You know, Stephen first was pretty enthusiastic, yeah. you know, at times as Veer, you know, and, and age-wise, you know, he was, both, both Bill Moomy and Stephen first were, you know, in their early 40s at the time the show was being made. They yeah, certainly that, don't look it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But... But Burt Ward was probably right around there, not too much further. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, and good, the top, good pick. I cast uh, Mary Kay Adams. I mean, I'm sorry. No, I don't cast Ooh. Mary Kay. <laughs> uh, Shots fired. Uh, no, I picked The Facts of Life's Mindy Cohn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's an out-of-the-box choice. Right. Because she's so perky. Yes. And the top is just not perky. Yeah. 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 Okay. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now, give me your ambassadors. Okay. okay. Uh, I have a theme with them. Oh. They, it's, it's, it's a trio that I think has shown that they will work well together. Oh, and you good need grief. that with, oh, with our three grief. ambassadors. So yeah. these three already um, work together. I, you know, I don't know if they've all three been together, but they've been... There's a, there's a pivot. Got well, it. You'll see. Got it. Um, the pivot point is Londo, uh, who is Danny DeVito. Okay. Yep. I, I can Delenn see why that doesn't work. Is Rhea Perlman. Okay. And Jakar is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. What a train wreck that would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness there were, they didn't have the budget for it. Right. Yeah, Rhea Perlman. Just no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Right? It, that actually started me down a path of, of doing the entire cast as, uh, as the cast of Cheers. But I, I scratched that out because that way lies madness. That way lies madness. You know, That's right. Yeah. Captain yeah. Ted Danson and, you know, Shelley Long as Ivanova. Right. Which would make uh, um, Kirstie Alley would then have to be Talia Winters, right? I think so. Yeah, because that's that's where you're going, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, has to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go for my three. I've got uh, I've got three three who have nothing to do with uh, with with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. For Delenn, I have B. Arthur. That's brilliant. <laughs> Brilliantly wrong. <laughs> could you, but could you yeah. could you imagine wow. any version of like the Golden Girls B. Arthur? No. Yeah. Maud. No. Mon- no. no. <laughs> Uh, for Londo, I decided to take Londo's like sycophancy up to like eleven, and I went with uh-huh. John Colicos, who was Colicos. the who was Baltar in the original Galactica. <gasps> okay, right? Yes. Like, like, All right. like. You, one of the things we complain about B five is that what we're mm-hmm. looking for is about a five, but we're getting a we're getting a thirteen. Right. Yeah. And he would be yep. incapable of going down to even a 10. He would be mm-hmm. just so ridiculously scenery chewing, right? Wow, there would be no scenery left. That's yeah. right. And then any scenery that would be left would be would be taken by my my uh the actor I would cast as Shakar, William Wyndham. Uh-huh. William Wyndham. 
William Wyndham. Again, Don't terrible worry, but names. not anymore. <gasps> Decker, Commodore, Commodore Decker. Decker as as Jakar. I, can you imagine? I can see. I could see that. You know, I, maybe this isn't I mean, miscast. Maybe this is best cast. Maybe this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, I maybe throw B. Arthur as Jakar. <laughs> I'm. You I know. I could. I could see her in the makeup. Anyway, that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The Sorry. cat, my, it's the my, howling my, hour. my suggestions has given the cat some sort of the onks. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Moving on to the humans. Yes. Okay. Uh, Talia. Talia Winters. Cam- go. Cameron Diaz. Interestingly inappropriate. Yeah. I, you know, there's kind of a visual thing. I was, I was, you know, kind of matching up there. Uh, you know, I, I, as much as I was joking about uh, B. Arthur as Jakar, and as much as I really do think it would work, I didn't do any gender or race bending with any of these. Yeah, I, d- I kept it. Choices. I kept it straight. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so to speak. Um, yeah. All right, Doctor uh, Franklin. Yeah. <clears throat> are you, oh, you going to do, do all five of yours? Or are we going to go one at a time? Let's let's bounce. Okay. So Hit you went uh, Cameron Diaz. Uh, yes. I went Joan Collins. Oh. Because oh. because no matter how no matter what age she is, mm-hmm. it's just a little too slutty, and that's that's just not telling. And that's well, it's just it's not what you want in your telepath. No, right? no, we 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 saw that with Luxana Troy, and and we don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah, this no. is what we do not want. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very clearly. Yeah. Okay, Doctor Franklin. Doctor Franklin. Um, I chose someone who has uh, you know some history playing a television doctor, Bill Cosby. Oh no! And there's levels on which that's wrong. There are some. There's a lot of levels on which that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I went with um, I went with Arsenio Hall. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Dog pound. Right, because yeah. I just. Uh, ooh, no, 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 no! It's just—it's not okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We go into Michael Garibaldi next. Yeah. Okay. Go. I, I was torn here. I'm going to go with my original thought, Charles Nelson Riley. You can never go wrong with Charles Nelson Riley. No, unless you cast him as Michael Garibaldi. And then it's very wrong. Which is very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. It doesn't get much. Yeah. How, how do you make it worse? You might go Paul Lind. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 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 Mm. Or you might go with maybe the other, the other Darren from Bewitched. Ooh. Mm. You know, you could swap Garibaldi's each episode with two different Darrens. You know, maybe maybe what you do with That'd Garibaldi be... is that each episode he's played by an entirely new actor. Sure, that right, and and you just you toes. just you know it's yeah. uh, it's uh, it's Richard Benjamin's week, you know, or it's uh, you know yeah. yep. just to mess yep. with people, it's uh, Jim Neighbors, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, Goldie Hawn, We're... Don Knotts. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, uh, Miss yeah. Mrs. Roper? The entire cast of Laugh in 1972. That's right. Uh, the professor. All at the same time. The professor. Uh, you know, uh, 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 yeah. R- Russell Johnson as uh, yeah as Garibaldi. 
save us from this. Who did you have for Garibaldi? Uh, I had John Travolta. Oh. You know, I I kind of like that more than I dislike it. <laughs> Which is because you really want for Garibaldi, you want somebody who's kind of got that that washed up, you know, coming back from obscurity. You know, if you think Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Right. You know, you, you're pretty on the nose for Garibaldi right there. Yeah, yeah, you're... I, I think that's... Yeah, that that's not a miscast, that's a best I cast. I think that's... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty close to the mark. Mm. I'll mm. reflect on that. Who's your yeah. Ivanova? Zoe Deschanel. Interesting. Now, why is she miscast? Is it Zoe or Zoe? I can't... It's Zoe, Zoe, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I, I just think she's too... Uh, you know, kind of wide-eyed and and you know, goofy, and as you said before, perky. Yes. Uh, yeah. And yeah, she just doesn't have the hard edges that you need for, you know, for Susan Ivanova. Yeah. Yeah. So, or the hair. Yeah. So when we decided we were going to do this exercise, this actress is the first one who came to mind on my list. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recast Susan Ivanova. Uh, I'm going to have her played by Valerie Bertinelli. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where it came from either, but that's, that was the first thing that came to mind. All right. Okay. Who's your, who's your John Sheridan? Who's in, who's in the chair? Tommy Wiseau. Oh, God. It's too easy, Chris. Come on. It, it, okay, fine. Fine. I retract my Tommy Wiseau, and instead I will, I will say Tony Randall. Now, okay. okay. I pay... <laughs> <laughs> I picked the... Okay, Tony Randall's born in what? The, the 20s, something like that? I think so. Yeah, okay. So, I picked... Our generation's Tony Randall, Matthew Broderick. Ooh. He's too, he's too self-aware. He's too smarmy. Yeah. He's too yeah. smarmy. I like Matthew Broderick, but, uh-huh. but he doesn't, you know, early in his career, he could do sort of earnest, but ever since Ferris Bueller, he's just been that kind yeah. of smarmy. And... Yeah. <clears throat> And I just, I, you just want to slap him. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think that works in any way. I don't think it works at all. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, well, I think we've cast a show mm-hmm. that not only would not have made it five seasons, it would not have made it through five acts. Right. right. It and, would have been one of those probably shows. Even the budget would have been disastrous. Yes. This is like the Ishtar of, of television. Yeah. Yeah. Of genre TV. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I think, uh, I think my Colicos pick is the best pick. I think he would be off the scale mm-hmm. loopy yes. as Londo. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite pick of yours? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty fond of Danny DeVito as Londo. Myself. That's a good I choice. Think, I, I think, I think the character of Londo gives a lot of of room uh for both nailing it or taking it just entirely in the wrong direction 
I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, folks, this is, uh, this, is, this is what we've come up with. Now, in the week when this episode, uh, uh, when we put this episode up, pay close attention to the Facebook group. And, you know, on, on each, each day you'll have an opportunity to share your own version of miscast, uh, you know, Babylon 5. Uh, boy, if you're a fan of Twin Peaks like Chris and I are, the moment you see Russ Tamblin, it's like, it's like, Just oh my God, what are we looking at now? You know, didn't even know how to respond. Right, right. And so we responded by uh, by having a little bit of fun at the ed- at the end of this episode, folks. You know where to find us on um, on Facebook at the name of the pod. Go uh, type the name of the pod into any search engine; it'll take you to our new newly de- redesigned webpage. Um, Very nice. And you can email us, of course, at the name of the pod at gmail.com. Chris, uh, next week, uh, we're going to, uh, the long dark. Yeah. We're going to the long dark and, uh, uh, and I look forward to talking to you about it then. Well, we'll see if we feel the same after we've seen it. Just as you say. (laughs) See you soon.